You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. Today, I'm so stoked to have Mary Clavier on with us. I actually met her in the Dreamers and Doers Facebook group, which is probably the best well-kept secret on the whole internet. Um, and we are hanging out today chatting all things side hustle. So Mary, I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, tell us what your current or past side hustle is, what's going on in your life, where you're from, however much you want to share. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. So my side hustle turned full-time business is Brief Transitions. So I sell postpartum mesh underwear for women after childbirth, of course, and also after surgeries. I started it while I was working a full-time corporate job in pharmaceutical manufacturing and built it on the side for a couple of years. And I just actually celebrated my one-year leaving corporate anniversary. (laughs) If that's a thing. If it's not, I'm making it one. Um, Oh, it is a thing. (laughs) Three cheers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just this past April. So I've been out on my own full-time for about a year. Um, I also do leadership and team effectiveness, uh, consulting. So working with growing businesses and large corporations, and I lead a group, a community, actually the transitions collective for women, mostly mom entrepreneurs that are transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship or have been growing in the entrepreneurial space. So I became really passionate about helping helping other women that have a similar situation to my own. Um, I live in New Jersey with my husband and my two young daughters. And yeah, it's been quite a ride so far. (laughs) That's so cool. You, I mean, you just do so much that it blows my mind. What what made you, (laughs) (laughs) what made you really want to transition from the corporate job to like taking your side hustle full time? So a couple of things, I'd say the, the, the biggest driver was really the fact that my girls at the time, well, they're still young, but they were young and I was in a job that traveled a lot. So I was away every week for like a few weeks in a row. Um, here and there I would have two week trips. So it just became really exhausting (laughs) and stressful for my family. So my I feel like everyone kind of has a breaking point or they get to a point where they say, okay, enough is enough, right? And they're ready to change. And my breaking point was when my daughter that was four at the time was crying to me and wondering why I had to leave again and why I wasn't home to tuck her in bed. And, and I just, I had a breakdown (laughs) and I said, okay, that's, you know, enough is enough. And I thought if, you know, I, I could have looked for another full-time job, I guess, but since I had brief transitions on the side, I said, okay, I think it's really time for me to really kind of, I don't know, put my money where my mouth is and like try to work on this business and make it what I think it could be and have the meaning and the purpose that I'm meant to have. (laughs) That's, I can't even imagine having a child and the child saying something like that to you. That's just so... Yeah. Uh, I, that like tugs yeah. on the heartstrings <laughs> yeah, so much. I um, I guess now that she sees, or right, you have a daughter, right? Yeah. 
two girls. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now that they see you, um, kind of running your own business and doing your own thing, I, I would assume you probably still travel, correct? Yep. But not nearly as much. Okay, cool. So, do they, do they really, do you think that they'll have the entrepreneurial spirit that you have? Uh, that's a good question. I hope so. Um, my older one for sure. She's, she's very, um, interested in whatever I'm doing. So I run a, a local mom entrepreneurs group. So sometimes I, I do leave in the evening, you know, I'm, I'm out at bedtime, dinner time or bedtime. And she says, Oh, do you have a, is it for your mom entrepreneurs group? So everything to her like revolves around me meeting my, you know, friends that are also mom entrepreneurs. So it's really cute. So she's really into that. And the, just this weekend, actually, she, she was naming everyone a queen. So everyone got to be a queen of something. And she said, I'm the queen of underwear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, if you remember something, sure. It's that. <laughs> it was funny. So when you're thinking about having a side hustle that's now full-time, having kids, wanting to have a personal life and personal connections and a social life. Um, I think we often butt up against that graphic that's shared all over the internet. Um, there are these three things you can pick too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how does that balance look for you now? How did it used to look? And are there regrets? Are there things that you would suggest to other side hustlers in that journey? Yeah. So I, there's a lot in that question. I, um, in my experience, when I was, when I was building brief transitions as a side hustle, it was really intense. I think a lot of people's side hustles, they can be intense because you're working a full-time job. So I'd work my full-time job and then, you know, come home, kids, dinner, bedtime. And then I would open my personal computer to start working on brief transitions. So it was a lot of nights and weekends that I was putting into a business instead of, you know, putting my efforts other places. Now, you know, what do most people, a lot of people, maybe they like watch TV during that time or they do other things. So I justified, okay, well, I'm building my business. So I'm not watching TV and I'm doing this instead. Right. But when you do that for too long, you get burnt out. <laughs> so I think I did it for so long because I felt like that's what I had to do. But now that I'm at a place where I can work on it during the day, um, I try to set more, you know, I feel like it's like a, an in word right now, but more boundaries <laughs> with my time and my scheduling. So really working during the day and limiting if I have to work at all at night. So doing other things, choosing to do other things with my time, either read or, you know, I'll watch TV here and there. I'm not like a huge TV person. Um, but what are some other things that I can do with my time or learning something new, reading articles and stuff like that? Um, so that I'm not always 24 seven on with my business, but it's really hard to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. A lot of us will say either I'm really busy or I'm doing nothing. When you say to people, I'm doing nothing, what does that actually mean to you? Are you actually like sitting in a moment and just resting or is doing nothing a passive activity or? So you mean in terms of like 
taking a break from my business or okay so taking a break from my business yeah i'll do it's very rare i've tried i'm continuing to try to do meditation um, because i do think it's important to clear your head um, but a lot of the other time for me it's things like journaling i've become really um, strict also about exercise because i've noticed that it's really for my brain that it was helping the most. So when I'm not working, it, I don't really like sit still all that much, but I do other, th I try to do other things that, you know, will help bring me either clarity or rest in some kind of way. And what does like a morning routine or an evening routine look like for you to get into from the mindset of mommy mode to business mode? Yeah, that's a great question too. So for me, we actually went through a big adjustment probably about six months ago when my younger daughter started school that then they're both in school and I took over the morning routine because we had childcare before that. Mm -hmm. So I had to adjust actually to giving more of my time in the morning to my kids. It took a while, but now, <laughs> now we do, now we do have a routine. So in the morning I wake up and I throw on gym clothes and I know that my first like hour and 45 minutes of the day is with them. So I, I try to do things the night before, like lay their clothes out, know what we're doing for lunch, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but my calendar is blocked solid every day for that like morning routine with the girls. And as soon as I drop them off at school, I go straight to the gym because if I don't go then, it's not happening. Um, so I go straight to the gym and depending on the day, you know, I see the length of time that I give to the workout, but anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and then I start my day after that. So I started a little bit, my, my morning routine forces me to start the work day a little bit later. So it's not till probably more like 10 o'clock. Um, but by then I've taken care of the girls and I've done something for myself, which is the workout before I do anything else. And then for the nighttime, um, nighttime routine, it's, I mean, it's pretty standard also with the kids. So it's family time, like when we pick them up from school from about 5, 5.30 until they go to bed at 8. And then I'm usually getting ready for the next day, either planning my schedule or prepping stuff for them for school. What does your like planner look like do you have do you use um oh i'm so bad at asking questions sometimes. <laughs> do you use like asana or trello or do you have a paper planner kind of what does that look like for you yeah so i use a few things i'm i've been team trello for a long time um but i i think i'm actually i started testing out asana because i think it might actually have a little bit more of what i what i want as i grow um, but in terms of my scheduling and planner, just on a day-to-day -day basis. So Sunday night, I look at my schedule for the week and all of my meetings and all of that stuff is in Google calendar. So I use Google calendar religiously and I also put in there. So Sunday night I go through a process. I write down on paper, everything that I'm planning to work on for the week. And then I actually go in and block time on my Google Calendar for those activities. 
Um, so that, and then I can just print a copy of it if I want and otherwise just look at it on my app, but my time is fully accounted for in the schedule. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Otherwise things don't get done. That's cool. That's actually, so in one of our episodes, we are talking about our favorite business tools and Asana happens to be one of mine because I just love Asana so much. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely super helpful, especially for the mompreneurs who are out there trying to figure out how do I juggle all of these things and how do I keep track of everything? Do you, do you use it kind of separately? Like, do you have like a business planning section and then like house planning section? So for, for Trello and probably how I'll set up for Asana too, I have a separate board for house stuff, for house projects. In my Google Calendar, I do, um, I ha everything is color coded. So brief transitions gets a color, home stuff, you know, like school events or getting them ready in the morning. All of that is a certain color. Um, the transitions collective is a certain color. So then I can easily see where, you know, where I'm putting my time also in terms of which business or home or anything else. So pivoting a little bit. Um, you, you briefly alluded to this, that you time block your days more than someone might. Mm -hmm. um, when you're thinking of productivity, do you have a way that you block your days that fits with your calendar? Or is it as meetings pop up, meetings pop up, and then I work in between? No, yeah. So I set the meetings ahead of time um, if I have meetings. And really knowing and understanding the value of the meeting <laughs> to be sure that it's something, you know, worth, worth the time. Um, I mean, obviously you have to leave a little leeway in there, but usually things are scheduled in advance, unless it's some kind of emergency. Um, I'll book at least a couple weeks out um, just because I need to make sure there's time in the calendar for me to work on the things that I need to do for my business. Um, so I'll fill in. It's, I've kind of, I mean, I'm, I've nowhere near perfected it, but it works for me that over the last, you know, months or so and the last year, I've kind of found a process that works for me in terms of how much time things take me. So I kind of, I go through a whole process of listing out the tasks I want to do for the week and then estimating about how long they're going to take me and then putting them in my calendar on certain days depending on how many meetings I have. I know some people work from, you know, they have certain days that are meetings and certain days that are, you know, work. Um, I usually leave Monday open for me to do a whole bunch of work. Like I don't usually take like meetings or calls or things like that. Um, just because I find I work better when I start the week getting a lot of things accomplished. Um, and I leave the meetings for later in the week. But yeah, so generally that's that's how I look at it. But I try to really limit, you know, when other people bring things up because then you'll just never get anything done. Like if I don't have it planned on Sunday night, it's not happening, you know. All right, let's pivot a little further and talking about running a business that has an inventory. Yeah. And <laughs> how, how that changes when you're a side hustler versus when you're a full-time entrepreneur um, and kind of the challenges that come up as that happens. 
Um, a lot of the folks that we talk to start out service-based businesses as side hustles um, because inventory is intimidating. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on inventory, demystifying that, and the pros and cons of holding inventory when you're a side hustler versus full-time. Yeah, so it's definitely complicated. Um, my parents' garage was my warehouse for a long time <laughs> because I didn't have my own space, you know? Um, but I think when you're first starting out, I think the important thing for product businesses to really think about is what are you willing to invest or put up front to, um, to validate your business, right? So as a service business, you can just, you can say, okay, I'm going to take clients. I'm going to offer my expertise in this area. And you see who kind of gets on board and who doesn't, or if you need to pivot. For a product business, you have to make some type of initial investment. So how much are you willing to spend? Um, what are the other factors that you have to consider to test the market, really, and prove the concept so that you can order more inventory? Depending on the depending on the type, the industry that you're in, I'd say, you know, it varies. And of course it varies like how many you have to order of something. Um, apparel, I don't really consider the underwear straight apparel because it's underwear. It's, and it's pretty niche that it's for a very specific purpose, but apparel in general, you know, you need to carry a lot of different sizes, maybe different colors. So there's a lot of complexity that you can get overwhelmed with. Um, my suggestion is to keep it as simple as you can and maybe limit the number of colors or the number of variations so that you can prove the concept of if it's something people even want. Otherwise, you'll be stuck with a whole lot of inventory and nowhere to put it. So I think another thing that product-based or service-based business owners get afraid of when there is inventory is sales tax. <laughs> like sales tax is so scary because I'm pretty sure there was just a court ruling that said that you have to pay sales tax to every single state that you sell into. And I know that that is super, super intimidating. So was that something that scared you away or did you figure it out pretty easily? I, I just figured it out. I figured, I mean, you pay tax in some way on everything anyway. So I, I think it also depends like what platform you're selling on and if they help you by putting the, you know, taking that money, putting taxes on the side for you or if you have to do it yourself. Um, so my accountant helped me with, with all of that pretty easily. Um, the first year it's tricky because you don't really know what you're gonna project. You don't know how much you're really gonna sell. So, and I think if you stay under a certain threshold, um, you can, you know, fix it at the end of the year and it's, and it's fine. I completely forget who told me this once, but everything is figure outable. <laughs> so sales tax, I think is just one of those things, you know, that you have to figure out with, with a product business. I think that was Marie Forleo. Is that, oh, did she, did she say that? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I it's love that, though. somewhere big <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't remember. <laughs> So I want to have a little bit of fun before we wrap things up today. This has been so insightful as someone who holds no inventory whatsoever since Amazon manages my books. Inventory scares the shit out of me. So <laughs> thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, 
I want to know on a scale of one to 10, how weird do you think you are and why? Oh, with 10 being the weirdest? Yes, with 10 being like the absolute weirdest and one being as Jane Doe vanilla as you could be. I mean, yeah, I think I'm pretty low. I'm probably like a four, maybe. <laughs> I feel like I'm super boring, although I do sell underwear. So maybe that takes a <laughs> <the> mark. <laughs> no, I love that answer so much. I think you're our first guest ever to be south of eight. <laughs> yeah, seriously, ever, ever. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I th- yeah, I think I'm really low. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And she says that as a woman who sells underwear. That's amazing. <laughs> so that either means you're not weird at all or your self-confidence is like really well managed because you don't see yourself as weird. And I don't think way, it's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True though. It's a very good point. And I want to ask, since you're in the gym a lot and we're trying to focus more on wellness, I think both of us, wellness, both mentally and emotionally and physically, um, give us three artists that you think we should be listening to in the gym. Oh, so I, let me see for my workouts. Oh, I, so I listened to a Rachel Hollis episode where she recommended the Demi Lovato song, Sorry Not Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So that's definitely become an anthem for me lately. I think she said she has like dance parties before they have their meetings on Monday mornings. Yeah. And she said that's, that's a big one. So Demi Lovato. Um, I'm really listening. I'm listening to the Taylor Swift, the new Taylor Swift song sometimes now, me, because I mean, they're not quite necessarily for workout, but you know, I go with Peppy and what's the third one? Yeah. I think then I just kind of scroll on whatever the top hits are. I'm usually just, I usually just listen to whatever pop is out there. That's awesome. I definitely like listening to pop music to like keep me going. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, where can we find you on all of the social media and the interwebs? Yeah. So brief transitions, you can find brieftransitions.com and then on Instagram, it's at brief transitions for Facebook. It's at brief transitions for women, but I'm mostly on Instagram for that. And then the Transitions Collective I have also, so that's thetransitionscollective.com and Instagram at the Transitions Collective. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, this was such, such a good episode. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.